1: To Monday's Terrace Podcast. I'm Grimm this and I'll be doing my best to guide you through this emotional roller coaster. I'm joined in Glasgow's hip and trendy south side by two hip and trendy men. Hello Tom Watt. Hello. And hello Curry Anderson. Hello. Today, as is our custom we'll be going through the weekend's action, a weekend with loads of goals, plenty of drama, and a couple of really, really big milestones as well. Before we get started, we'll have a quick run at some hotties or naughties. Does somebody have want to start us off? Uh I'll start off a lot <laughs> of since you
0: seem to be thinking one, which is uh, non-league teams. Um, the Scottish Cup, there were, uh, well, three of uh, four of them, sorry, got through yep. to round four of the Scottish Cup um, and another couple um, heading for replay. So we could have as many as six in the last 32 of the Scottish Cup, which is quite a lot. And we still managed to draw fucking none of them. Yeah, <laughs> none of our teams did, yep. yep. Um, yep we, we obviously saw um, Bonnie Rig beating Montrose. Um, maybe not a huge surprise because they were they're good yep. um, Broxburn um, got a result as well um, who, did, who did they beat so I've about, they beat Inverurie. Yeah. is that correct away mm-hmm. um, we had BSC Glasgow coming from 3-1 down that's, to beat East that's, 5 that's, that's, some the real, result, yeah. that's,
1: that's the real surprise and obviously we've got Ock and Lec still floating around still floating
0: in in the, nearly beat our broth. it was quite a late equaliser yep. for our broth. Um
1: Brora Drew, Brora drew more. and again well.
0: they led that game as well and there is one other team which is East Kilbride who beat um, fellow uh, non-league team. I can't yeah. remember who it was, but <laughs> well done to them. So yeah, there are more um, Lowland league teams than there are league two teams
2: in the fourth round. Excellent. Uh, players being touted for Scotland call-ups again by their teammates. It <laughs> seems like an anecdotal thing, but I'm going to go with it. That um, I don't. I can't remember the last time that players were were touted for a call-up to the Scotland team. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's just a general lethargy or or uh, you know ambivalence around it, but. Chris Burke t- for a co-op Andy died touted for a cop. and I'm not suggesting that they merit p- places in the team but it just seems like a, an old school thing to do that yeah. uh, uh, has fallen by the wayside or probably hasn't fallen by the wayside but to my mind it's the first time I've seen it uh, in
1: a wee while and there's been two in a week. I'll chuck in another one which was a, a reply to a comment earlier um, suggesting from an Aberdeen fan that Xander Clark should get called up a guy who basically guided a, a shot straight into the net. <laughs> But then managed to pull it out later on, which I thought, oh, all of that I found very weird, but we'll go on that when we we'll talk about the game. Uh, my hottie is Andy Constantine, uh, very, very helpfully with that as well, who made his 500th appearance for the Dons at the weekend, which is an incredible number for a guy who pretty much every season uh, seems to be, you know, we should do, we should really have somebody better than Andy Constantine in our team. Um just an astonishing number of astonishing number of appearances. He's right up there with guys like um, Stevie Hamill and uh, Gary Hay as well, and sort of all-time appearance now as well. I
0: think that, that you, you have to be a certain level in order to get these records, and you have to be quite good, but not that good. Because if you are not good enough, yeah. you won't. You won't. You yeah. you will drop down the but <laughs> yeah, If yeah. you're too good, you're going to move on. You just um, a really specific point. Or, you know, Stephen Naismith or Greg Taylor. Um, clearly better youth prospects for Kelly and had they said that Kelly would have played if, 600 700 games for us potentially well, um, not even this much would have fell off. but um, James Fowler he just recently got announced as our um, head of football operations or whatever it is managed to he's like fourth in our all time list purely for that reason that he was it was good but never really, quite um, never quite so good that anyone was going that, to be that, that really sort
1: really soft perfect Tony Paul Hanlon as well who was 300 400, think, 400, 400 sorry yeah. Yeah. Well. And I'm sure there's another one which is completely escaped the game. Yeah, away. I was thinking there was well. someone
0: else's 400 yeah. this weekend. Um, but please, please let us know how Scott sad. Brown must be close as well. I don't know how many played but there was someone really else's else this scared. weekend.
1: So Andy Constantine's my hottie for being really okay for 500 appearances. Yeah. And, and he yeah. nearly like, got like, a winner as well. He did indeed always get one of that. Before the game I was thinking if I was to gamble I would absolutely have launched money on Andy Constantine because he's a big game player in one way or another.
2: I mean, yeah. on on a related note, I would also like to point out uh, uh, as a hottie, uh, Home Depot, where I will be buying all my DIY goods from now on, um, at very very reasonable prices.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll round off with <laughs> a niche one. <laughs> I'll round off a naughty as well, which is just wild homophobia from your dad. Um, today, the SPFL yeah. announced their support for the Rainbow Laces campaign, and as a part of that, changed the the display picture to one with a rainbow in the background. Which attracted all manner of um, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, um, comments. Literally, I mean an actual Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, comment <laughs> on the face on the SPFL Facebook Old page. Girl. A whole collection of the comments on in there, um, including the classics like being rammed down your throat and various other things in there. All all the ones that you wanted to hit in your bingo call, you've got a full house there, and it's utterly surreal. Like, it truly is mad. It is. amazing how these
2: like hard manly men who don't like things, don't like the way the world's changing and are, you know, desperate to call people out on these things are so very offended by rainbow releases. It's yeah. Yeah. Rainbows rainbows are bad and I'm not offended by this but
1: yeah. fuck off. I should be afraid of rainbows because it's 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 gone too far. Fuck off.
0: Grow up. Uh, a less serious or a less <laughs> less uh, socially Conscious. Naughty for me is uh, Sky Sports. Um, I was out yesterday, I was down visiting family, so I recorded both of the televised games. um, Rangers Hamilton and then, or Hamilton Rangers, sorry, and then uh, St Johnson Aberdeen. So, um, BT Sport had the Rangers game, is that correct? Yeah. So I recorded that, watched that No Baller when I got home, Uh, sped it up once the game was by, but I, I watched it. Then I was like, right, I'll stick on um, St Johnston, Aberdeen, watch the first half of it. After half time, oh, here's the introduction to um, S- Son- uh, Sheffield United versus Man United. Because I had accidentally clicked on the Sky Sports main event channel, and they thought that the, the right thing to do would be to broadcast the first half of a game, then transfer over at half time to a different game. Why? why do that, like, like I'm just, I'm just browsing through, so I'm just searching. I see your oh, live, live SPFL, St Johnston v Aberdeen record fine, and then it's only when I get home. Um, so get, get a grip, Sky Sports. <laughs>
2: um, again, not the world's most uh, hard hitting, socially naughty, but um, Sam Allardyce. Now, there's any number of reasons to pick up on on Sam Allardyce, a couple of which. Uh, are not scottish football related but i'll get to scottish football related in a second so sam allardyce who's been out of work for about nine months in 30 years suggesting that um being english has held him back Uh, a man that like i say has been in in constant employment for almost 30 years with a very relative level of success managing teams at that kind of very relative level of success he was literally england manager he was he was literally england manager um he says he could have managed Manchester United if we were foreign. I mean, I'm, I'm very intrigued to know which of the foreign managers he would have got ahead of the Davy Moyes, Mourinho, you know, Van Hal. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, and then suggesting that anyone could win trophies with Celtic. Now, this is the, the kind of like, you know, it's not wrong. Anyone. With a decent level of experience, would come to Celtic and look, probably win a trophy given any amount of time. But has he seen the fucking Premier League table in England? However, if you look,
0: look at Ronnie Dylan yeah, well, <laughs> I if you, if you <laughs> look New at as that, so failures,
1: you could say yes, and we'll go on this we speak about Celtic as well. Yes, potentially anyone know, with any experience, as you say, could win the league. But similarly, this season. There's a really Celtic are better because Neil Lennon is there. Yeah, because he has done a very good job. If a Celtic manager came in and had dropped the ball at all, um, then they would be six points behind by this point comfortably. Exactly. Is is Celtic are being pushed this year? Um, whether it's an in individual games like the Livingston game earlier on in the season. Or whether, it's by Sel- or whether it's by Rangers throughout the rest of the season. So,
2: yeah, I would just like to point out to, to Sam Allardyce that what actually held him back was uh, taking six-figure kickbacks while in charge of England, having spent 30 years building up to that job. So, sorry, Sam.
1: Excellent. Now, moving swiftly on to the weekend's action, uh, we will start at Rugby Park, which was probably the, the, the performance of the weekend, um, as Kilmarnock smashed Hearts 3-0 in 15 minutes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a
0: very a very funny game because... Yeah, the the first 15, 16 minutes, Kelly, were tremendous. And then, and then we just kind of stopped because we didn't really have to do anything. So (laughs) it was like very much like, okay, we're 3-0. We'll just, we'll just practice defending a lead now. Um, and that's kind of what we did. Um, and hearts being terrible, didn't threaten us in the slightest. And we won 3-0, which in some ways it's like, well, yeah, you could have stood on the throat and, you know, tried to win 6 or 7-0, but. Why
1: bother? Again, I did, when I saw the, the score after 15 minutes, I do know that you get very upset when teams um, let, let off after being like six up at half-time and then don't finish yeah. it off in the second half and go for double figures. I did wonder whether this was a strange scenario for you, given whether you were happy that Kilmarnock had absolutely thumped them in 15 minutes or quite annoyed that they stopped well, doing it after 15 minutes. I, I feel like... <clears throat>
0: We we could have gone for it, but because we were a wee bit fragile from the recent results, I can kind of understand just sitting back. And it wasn't like we didn't we stopped trying, but Hearts obviously kind of did did get a reaction, especially after half time. They came out flying, um, relatively. Um, <laughs> De Camona, um, a man who I think must be the worst player at attacking um, corners because he attacked <laughs> two corners. Both of which he made a complete arse of, which was the two best chances in quick succession. Um I just I just feel like I've got this constant image of like D like crosses coming in and him not like like trying to header it but then hitting it with his chest or it just yeah, his, his, it's, iconic, his iconic his
2: iconic image is him thumping the ground in frustration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um
0: but yeah, so it was that kind of funny type of game, but it it did kind of we to actually quite a flat atmosphere in the second half, which you wouldn't really expect from a team that 3-0 up, but, um. You do
2: have to credit, uh, credit Hearts for just deciding to completely ignore Chris Burke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's a bold strategy, and, um, I, I mean, I think they got caught cold a wee bit. It was very clear from the way we were playing football in that first 15, 15 minutes that Alessio had used the international break incredibly well <laughs> to coach, <laughs> to coach the players, um, because, uh, it was all one touch I mean that first goal You just saw it, it was just zipping about um, The the, the um, SBFL account Treated it as if like Brazil 1970 But there were Major similarities To the Carlos Alberto goal I might try and go home And do a wee side-by-side <laughs> of them actually Because it, it kind of broke over to the left and then Hamelainen runs in he plays it to McCreney and then he's kind of you would expect him to shoot now, now where I'm sitting I'm, I'm uh, on the side where Burke was oh, so I knew he was there and was kind of yeah, screaming yeah. for him to get the pass but the the camera the, you see the behind it, angle it, is he's pretty not pretty there hard. and then he just a pop he pops up and appears and then blasts it into the net and um, yeah it was it was an incredibly good goal well worked and, and it was all one touch passing and you could see that it had been worked on and likewise um the other goals, it all came from from good possession And clever, intelligent of the ball. And this is what I've been saying about this team Individually, the players are I mean, they're good, but they're, there's not a lot Of creativity in the sense of someone who's going to There's not an other Gary Harkins a, Someone who's just going to Or a Malumbo even, who's going to suddenly Drift by something And find something ridiculous But they are very well coached in how to attack And the patterns and the strategies of attacking Which means, if a team is not Um coached well when a team's not got their shape right against us we will punish them repeatedly and that's what happened because Hearts were a mess
1: even the it's uh, I think my, the, I, I say the, re, the, the behind angle that goes amazing and just buck a until as you mm. say but the good part about it I enjoy most of all is Rory McKenzie doing a very Rory McKenzie thing of running directly across Hammerline line into the opposite side mm. dragging the Hearts players all the way all the way to the left hand side because they just can't cope with that sort of movement. It's it seems like a perfect role for Rory McKenzie in this in, in this Kilmarnock team of just Rory, see whatever's happening, you just get yeah, away I from know. the ball. He's, run away from the ball, stretch
0: the play. I thought probably it was actually Rory McKenzie's best performance I've ever seen from him as a Kelly player and yet he still was probably our third best player on the team. <laughs> which is a shame for him, but he was he was superb, his used to the ball was excellent but um, yeah, it was just it's hard to know what to say Hearts were were just incredibly bad like they, they keep going on their, their fans keep going on about oh they've got a good squad and when they get the manager and there's not a single player Naismith except you may be a single player on that part that I would have taken in our team It's just there's
1: there's not the, good Hearts look incredibly one paced yeah. as well there's nobody to stretch the game at all I think there, there are there are reputations in that, yeah. in that squad there are
2: players that have played a much higher level at, um, in you know in the Premier League and the Championship in England and around Europe that in theory their CVs suggest that they should be able to comfortably get out of the position that they're in. The last couple of months have suggested they are in a relegation fight for a reason. Someone will probably come in, make tweaks, bring in players in January and they will see a bounce. But that squad's a mess. It's, the the, it's, it the money so, they spend been
0: spent on that.
2: Yeah. I mean it's so the the lack of dynamism in the squad the way the defenders are the defenders aren't attacking things I mean like Aaron Heck is obviously very young and you can kind of excuse him he's given a gentle
1: pass yeah but
2: like you know Smith's gone from Scoring a screamer against Germany to being absolutely tortured. That and,
0: and, that, that third goal like it, third just, goal it, just, it just it just. Remember there was that video of him um, and um. Was it Zonal Marking wrote a really good article about the anatomy of uh, Virgil Van Dyck's two v one defending against uh, Tottenham last season? Yeah. and the two Tottenham players went through and they showed how he showed he made the angles and, and made it very hard for them to score and how they they were going. Michael Smith just just literally <laughs> let Chris Bork, It was like the opposite of that. Let, yeah. let Chris Bork run all the way from the halfway
1: line, to the edge Back of the off. six he's yard box. He's just trying so hard to, if I keep him on the right, keep him on his right, keep him on his right, I'll just show him outside, show him outside, he's in the six yard box. Oh, <laughs> and, and,
0: and he goes on his left foot and scores anyway, so it's like you, you've achieved absolutely yeah. nothing
2: here.
1: And, and you've got,
2: like Christoph Beres' style of defending is effectively boiling down to one of two decisions. Do I hit this or do I leave it? And he's making the wrong decision <laughs> almost all of the time. Like, so I, I think there's a, there's a hell of a Coaching job in there To to get Anything between You know Certainly now In January And presumably There'll be a, a, a Rethink in January But it, You know They're they're One of the worst teams In yeah, the league They absolutely thing. are They absolutely
0: are They were they were awful Even when they were Kind of Came out After half time Briefly And like obviously McPhee had um, Or someone Had put a rocket up Them Even at that They, they weren't that good. They were just not as bad. Uh, Glenn Whelan, the third best Irish midfielder on that park, <laughs> is the one who's still in the squad. Um, was was terrible. I've, I've, he barely managed to find a hearts player with the ball. It was just constantly either to our fullbacks or out the park. Uche, no talent at all. Just, just he's a big boy, but he, our defenders just realised just stand off him, just let him get the ball. Even if he gets past you, he's so slow that you're going to get back and get past him again. Just, just offer nothing, and um, Pereira seems to like fall under every single one of the goals. So just, just everywhere across that team, there was nothing inspiring. Um, and and yeah, and the the Kelly performance was vibrant, and then did enough, and then just
1: stopped essentially. Just I mean, all all the hearts players that are there, with the exception of obviously Michael Smith, being it, generally is the one that you can hang your hat on and say he has. Improved while he's at Hearts, he's a good player and he's consistent. Now, there's not a player in the Hearts team just now that you don't look at and go that they have actively regressed this footballer since they arrived in since they arrived in Gorgie. And as you say, <clears throat> while there's a there's still a lot of the season left to go, and there are some teams who will get onto later on who are really struggling just now as well, both form wise and player wise. Again, at least Hearts going into January probably as the biggest spenders of needing bodies in various yeah. positions as everyone else does as well
2: and I think you, you sometimes get a, you sometimes get a new manager in who makes the previous regime look really good and you realize actually you know he was really he good, wasn't he was far head, away from it yeah, yeah he wasn't he was keep, kind of keeping them head, their head up of water they were they were batting above their average and they, they maybe made a knee jerk decision and the new man's not there and not keep kicking Levine but whoever comes in is gonna make him look very very bad <laughs> without too much work no that hearts are they look a long way off they will probably with it like the the sort of people that are been linked to the job. Someone will come in, make enough signings to make a bit of progress. They do have talent there. That talent, admittedly, that has regressed and that hasn't been showing it. But there are, there are, there are footballers in there somewhere. With some tweaks, there'll be a better team, and it will make these last few this last year look
1: pretty bleak. So from one Edinburgh side that's absolutely doomed we'll go to the other Edinburgh side who's possibly not um, as Hibernian came from a, a, a goal down against a, an early Motherwell strike from Liam Polworth with goals from Doidge, Canberra and Daryl Hogan at the end. Um, yeah, was there on Saturday. It was an absolutely miserable day. Shout out to the Hibernian stewards <laughs> who waited until half time when I was absolutely soaked to open up the bit of the stand so that we could actually sit in the dry bit. So that was good with wet bomb, wet head, wet everything. Um, In the end, I thought we were kind of broadly worth a point, but in the end, I I can't really... I've got no real great complaints about it in any case. Um, Mainly through the absolute failure of Motherwell to defend in the slightest. Got a goal up. Hilton Hilton gave Naismith a fairly tough afternoon, generally, Um, and now looks a bit like he's kind of bedding into being a a, a Scottish Premiership player. He obviously burst on... Bursting flames in the uh, Betfred Cup games against Morton and looked absolutely tremendous, but since then looked a little bit naive and not quite up to speed physically and, and pace-wise. He undoubtedly has a good touch and a, a good ability with the ball at his feet, but he just needed a little bit more game time, and I think we'll just about get into that as well. Um, <clears throat> who went past Naismith, clipped the ball across, came back out to pull who fired it in. And again, Motherwell looked good value for us at that point, but um, followed us up with two absolutely horrendous bits of defending, which is good. Um, the advantage that Motherwell have going forward is that currently we're playing two, two strikers across the front three, and Long and Cole with Hilton out on the left-hand side, which is great because it means we have a lot of striking options and the Cole and Long are capable, Saturday wasn't a great example of it, but are capable of interchanging reasonably well. The flip side of that is that both of them are suspect defensively in terms of tracking back. You saw that with the first goal. Um, as Long just completely failed to track his man altogether um, and the second goal we had uh, Maguire and Campbell standing next to Florian Canberri for roughly 10 minutes in the box allowing him to step away to get his goal so, yeah. did, I mean he did like
2: fully hold down circle to put that one in he Oh, yeah, absolutely thumped <laughs> it and <laughs> we, we were right
1: behind yeah. him as well and he absolutely smashed it into the net um, yeah bit disappointing Motherwell in the second half Um gradually pulled off ball winners in midfield and Campbell and Maguire bringing on more people to try and score a goal and ultimately that's the third goal what you're going to do by that point we were trying to go and get a point out of the game or try and win the game Something Horgan breaks the ball from Mans. it's not really a huge amount you can do more from that it's, for me it's, it's kind of unforgivable in that respect and that we were ahead in the game we, you've done the hard bit, you're winning the game and then you give away two dreadful goals
0: Yeah, it's I think that's been that's been it for Motherwell this season. You, you watch them and they're an exciting team, but they have uh, for me they do have a slightly softer centre than they've had in the past, which is strange when you think that a lot of the time in the midfield they're actually playing, you know, a defender. It's yeah. been Donnelly, it's been Maguire, it's been yeah. these guys in there. But you, you saw against Celtic, where okay they, they, they were pretty in the game, but they got beat 5-2 five, in the end. Yeah. So just there is that kind of softness even again against Kelly when when they they did deserve to win the game they gave up a couple of really big chances at the end of it, which you don't, you wouldn't have expected from Robinson's teams in the past. Like, it was maybe a bit more of a toil to watch, but when when yeah. they got ahead, they were hard to yeah, catch you, you, back up Yeah, you're have to fight your way back into the game um, to begin with. And, yeah, I say, especially allowing, um, allowing Dodge to get what, what isn't his goal for me. I, I don't, I genuinely don't, <laughs> I, think I, 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 don't think it is. I don't think it's on target. I it's, genuinely, I yeah. think,
1: I think he's clipped it across He's the missed box. an absolute yeah. sitter, yeah. but <laughs>
0: unlike in the past when he's missed absolute sitters, this one's gone in. Um, yeah, but as people have said, he's been getting in the positions and that's fine. But up until now, he's been getting in the positions and not looked like scoring. He obviously gets his, his hat trick previous, prior to the, the break. And then, if that's going to be his goal, well, fair play to him. I don't think it is. Um, it won't be counting for me. Um, <laughs> but he, 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 may, he may be processing with him is starting to pay off or maybe it won't. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. as equally he could go in and miss it us again next weekend?
1: I think it's fine. I, I Dodge looked okay and I think Dodge with having Cam Berry floating around the box as well makes a big difference. I Cam Boyge? Cam Boyge. I think we're going to go with Cam Boyge. I think Cam Boyge is is, is is the way to go. Um, I think that's better than Doi Berry. I think Doi Berry sounds awful. Yeah, Doi Berry doesn't sound like an awful lot of Doesn't it sounds like it's something
0: you get in a smoothie. I think like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. superfood smoothie. It's a superfood. With Doi bo- Berry.
1: I think getting getting Cam Berry back in the Hibs team makes such a difference. And without again being unkind on it, I think getting one off Stevie Allen or Scott Allen out of the Hibs team makes a big difference as well. Um, your man Milker Halberg is an absolute baller as well. I thought he was absolutely tremendous throughout the game. He added. Um, well, not necessarily a lot of steel to the Hibs midfield and I think in a, in a sort of square go I still think Motherwell would come out on top in that but he is he plays with his head up more than anything else his recycling and moving of the ball around the middle of the park makes such a difference because he's doing as, as daft as it sounds he's doing the really simple things in the Hibs midfield and they've not really had anyone this season that has been doing that. His passing's very accurate as Hibs social media pointed out before the game as well they put up a thing with his uh, passing from St Johnston, it is just sensible passes, is capable of doing an awful lot more than that as well, but as, with the job he's got in the Hibs, to just keep the ball moving, do sensible things in there, don't do anything ridiculous because they don't need that, you've got Scott Allen to do that, and giving Allen the freedom, there was two or three times that Allen just started sliding shrew balls through to various, whether it was Canberra or whether it was through to Dodge. He looked very, very dangerous. I thought Joel's piece on him at the end of last week was maybe a bit too much, calling him the complete playmaker, but I think there might be something there. And for Jack Ross, it's kind of an, an ideal start to his um, house career, and as you're saying, Tom, as well. Like somebody coming in and you're looking at it going, the previous manager maybe being a bit hard done by it. And then I don't think uh, heck he no. was, but the recruitment isn't as bad as potentially has been made out to be.
2: Yeah, I think if you could write, If you write the sort of textbook version of what, like, a pretty decent side that's bereft of confidence and they get new manager in, that was pretty much what happened. I mean, um, it looked like they'd been told to keep it pretty simple. It looked like every player knew what their job was. I mean, there's no way in hell they would have won that three weeks ago. Um, they, you know, like they were, they were getting, you know, they were throwing away so many leads, but you know, to go, to go, go behind so early on, and didn't phase them whatsoever. Um, everything just seemed a bit more deliberate. Um, yeah, I mean, like the the recruitment, uh, the the question marks of the recruitment are where the players were brought in. I think largely, but ultimately, you know. Dodge especially was was the player that um kinda of went to the board and, and asked special dispensation to sign him, got him and he was horrendous for him. So that's <laughs> it's a difficult place to a difficult come back from place to come back from. Um but you know he's now got a few goals, whether or not you're not all not we certainly got three in the last few yeah, games. Yeah. I'm not sure we're giving him the, the other one, the, the, the Craig Anderson Jimmy Goals Committee. Um the Dodge looked good. I mean, uh, Naismith had had a tough time of it, but he looks like he looks like a better threat going forward. He looks like he has someone covering him when he does. He looks a little bit more solid defensively, or so, certainly did. And and Hilbert just like composed, unfussy. Uh, they and that was the big that was the big void for yeah. for Heck and Bottoms teams. They're, like it was trying to fill the. He's trying to fill the team with creative players and and goal scorers, and there was just there was nothing protecting the defence and nothing just keep, keeping hold of the ball, so it kept coming back at them. So there was just the, the I, I wouldn't you know Jack Ross deserves credit. How much of it's just a new manager? Bouncing anyone would have would have got that. I'm not sure. Time will tell on that one, but certainly it looked like he'd come in. He'd asked
1: them to keep it simple. He'd asked the players to do what they are good at, and they did. He certainly seemed an awful lot more resilient in that second half, which Motherwell had a lot of the play and a lot of the ball, and they didn't look particularly again. Partially because Motherwell couldn't finish anything at all, but they just didn't look particularly flustered at any point. It was everyone was being very sensible and doing the right thing. So
0: I think from from Ross's <clears throat> point of view, like. Every time uh, Craig Craig Telfer's obviously interviewed a lot of lower league players that have played um, under him, and everything you heard from every single one of them was about how great a man manager he was. Um, tactics and stuff you never heard so much about, but just how, how he made the players feel great. I I have no sense of how whether he's going to do well or not in Motherwell because sorry, it helps because I don't know anything. About, I don't know tactically how good he is. You yeah. don't you don't have to be tactically very good to win the championship, um, which he did with St Mirren That that did all seem to be down to man uh, management. He went to Sunderland. It didn't go great for him. But uh, Phil Parkinson has already lost more games than he has. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, so and that that's pretty, that's a pretty good achievement in one month compared to like <laughs> uh, a year and a half. Um, <laughs>
2: something like the, the highest win percentage of, I don't know win percentage is like a yeah. statistic, especially when you're in League 1 but the highest win percentage of any Sunderland manager is about
0: 1933 <laughs> um, but but so it's hard to tell but you think with those tips, if you're talking about low confidence they do have I think in general quite a few players that have a good a good attitude, the right attitude that will probably yeah, there's, respond there's, there's well a, there's to
1: There's enough like heavy boys yeah. in there as well to, to, to help them with that as well Cool. So we'll move on to uh, Celtic Park where Celtic thumped Livingston 4-0 with uh, goals from Edward Brown and a double from Forrest. It, is, it does seem a bit mad that in a game where Forrest had a double and Edward scored and Scott Brown got another goal somehow, um, that Frimpong is kind of the standout as the right back. Now, what, yeah. I'm, what I'm beginning to wonder with Frimpong is what is the catch here? Yeah. Is it that his shooting is terrible? Because oh, that is true. That is undeniably true. But what's the catch with Frimpong here? We've not actually seen him defend yet, though. This is true. Like
0: oh, no, nobody's. No, he's he's played well in lots of games against teams that have gone to Celtic Park. Usually, because that's usually he's yeah, played. he did play against Aberdeen when they were absolutely insipid at Fotherby. <laughs> but um, generally, he's not had to defend very much. Um, so we don't know how good he is at that. But from an attacking point of view, he's dynamite. He's so good to watch.
2: Yeah, I mean, I am not a Celtic fan. I would go as far as to say I actively dislike him, dislike them, but. He is a lot of fun to watch. Like you keep just fun. there's there's something particularly satisfying about like seeing a fullback go past his man and go up the line, like <laughs> up the byline, and you're like, "What's he gonna Where's he going? He's still going. He's still got it." Right, like he's a, he's a lot of fun, um, and yeah, like I say, we have not we're not heard a lot, we have not seen a lot about him defend, uh, defending yet. But if you're doing that going forward, and you can he does cover the ground. He doesn't yeah. get back. And well, if
1: something if something goes past him, he's just going to catch them anyway. I know. Realistically,
2: But for, for and for like a guy who's like what five foot five, five foot six, he like he bounces off people and gets back up and goes again. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's he's great for. What
1: I would say is worth a watch as well is the his post match presser with uh, Scott Brown, and the two of them are just having a chat to the Celtic TV presenter. And asking 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 Brown about Frimpong and he's settled in the team and he, he's doing really well. And Brown's like, Yeah, totally dead, Pan. He's like, Yeah, he's great, we love him having a round. He's uh, brought a lot of energy, he, he buzzes around all the boys and stuff like that and his shooting's absolutely terrible. And just <laughs> you, you see Frimpong's face next time be like, You fucking <laughs> did, did
0: anyone ask him about uh the Alzheimer's No, the thing No, or, no, or no one asked else, no or, no no dementia uh, chat this I time. Just, but... uh, it's a shame. uh I wanted to find out more about uh Jeremy Frimpong's views on... Uh, and even
1: that, I thought he handled that really, really well. <laughs> just be like, I mean, I, I don't really know a huge bit about it. I'm an
0: 18-year-old man who has never thought about it. Um, I thought... Um, it was interesting again that um, Hayes was still picked ahead of Taylor maybe suggest Taylor might get a shot in the Europa League game in midweek or maybe yeah. suggest he won't get a shot at all who knows Like, Hayes came off and, and, Taylor, and Taylor came, came on, on, on and again and, and, and
1: looked, a, looked a threat attacking just, just
0: a defensive player though um, as people keep keep telling me haven't, despite having seen him do it, literally spend his entire game camped in opposing halves for a year and a half
1: it's fine um, not
0: that I'm bored <laughs> by it um, yeah, but um, it's it's hard to pick much. As Livingston, they were quite short in numbers going into the game. They were um, Taylor Sinclair came in for for
1: um... see just on Taylor Sinclair, right? See, even without looking, I'm not. I'm gonna go back and look at why because I think it'll be a good laugh. But see, if you watch Taylor Sinclair even on the SPFL highlights, which are what like four or five minutes long, his positioning is absolutely appalling. <laughs> he genuinely looks like a Sunday League player who's been, like, or short of bodies, or oh, my mate does a bit of, like, cross-country running, so he's quite fit, do you want him to come down? Yes, sure, we need a living body, just stand at left back, and he's literally just standing around, there's a bunch of times, I think it's Forrest's first goal, he's not even in shot. <laughs> You're left, like, the, all the players come down the right-hand side, it's Frimpong that's come down the right and had his shot, Forrest is getting at the box as well, and throughout this entire passage of play, Taylor Sinclair isn't even in shot, and as Forrest lashes it in, Taylor Sinclair comes to the edge of the box. The ball's been in the air for about five minutes before it comes down for Forrest to hit it. He's nowhere near it. He is. It's it's worth going back and having a look at that because it's genuinely jaw dropping because he's nowhere near it at all. I, mean, I think there, there is a there, like, there's obviously caveats
2: whenever you play Celtic, especially as they're playing at the moment that they are going to like absolutely turn teams over. The worry, I think, for Livy was when they beat Celtic, which is only the, the only time they've won in the last couple of months. I mean, they have had a pretty horrendous, yeah, uh, pr- pretty horrendous fixture list. But when they when they beat Celtic, they were so compact. They were like they were like, throwing bodies at things. There was times there was like nine men in the box, and there was three men between you know line of sight to the goal, and they were able to go long. And because Celtic were playing such a high high defensive line, they were getting a lot of joy going in behind. This seemed like they were playing a high defensive line and asking the forwards to drop deep, so they were basically playing with the sort of like all ten outfield players at times between sort of like within twenty yards. So when someone goes past his man, as someone is going to do quite a lot when you're playing Celtic, they were just running at the centre of defence. Yeah. And the the worry for Livy is they they've had so much success with being solid and slightly chaotic but certainly since Gary Holt came in a lot more disciplined and throwing bodies in front of things but Celtic got at them right through the middle like they got at them on the sides as well but they got at them <laughs> right through the middle and could have scored an awful lot more than, than they did so the,
1: it's, it, it kind of seemed to be a case that Livy were, they were struggling a bit but they were waiting for Dykes to come back and the Dykes come back they've lost Lithgow as well so yeah. the, the squad is just so thin that well, there are bodies that can come in and, and contribute to various places, I think losing Nicky Devlin has been a huge thing for them as well because um, Jack McMillan had been playing on the left with Devlin on the right but as soon as Devlin's gone McMillan's had to go to the right which means they've got to go for Taylor Sinclair who's come in late or a Dolphin who looks slow. Pepe seems to be injured despite not actually playing any games of football level so I think just they are really struggling for numbers just now more than anything else. Yeah
2: and they have had a horrendous run, well. yeah. run of fixtures. Yeah.
1: Uh, so from the league leaders to the team that's in second, um, Rangers headed to Aki's on Sunday morning and one three one. three one. Um, despite looking very lackluster, I think, through sort for big periods of the game in the first sort of fifteen minutes I thought Rangers were quite impressive. More than anything else, just as how high their fullbacks were playing, which was incredible. Um, got a goal ahead and then kinda of stopped playing.
0: Yeah. I think I think a lot of credit actually to Brian Rice. Um, I I thought even though they were not good enough to take a point from the game. I thought Rice set them up perfectly for the game, actually. I thought um, you saw them with the, the, the kind of 4-4 four, four in the 4 across the middle, and that's kind of how it looked a lot of the time. And then Davies was dropping quite deep from centre-forward, and then they had, it wasn't Ogunpoe up front, and then they brought um, Oakley. Oakley on. Um, they looked better when he came on, because Ogunpoe was rocking. was... I um, <laughs> was a sort
1: of Umar
0: Sadiq levels of um, incompetence there. But Davies was disruptive. He was just... It was maybe didn't get tight enough to Ryan Jack, which he might have been asked to do early on, which meant Jack had the the freedom of, um, the freedom of Hamilton to stroll about and, you know, um, well, he scored and, yeah. and other bits and bobs there. But I felt just in general, the way they set up, there was lots of running, there was lots of, the shape was good. They were funneling Rangers wide a lot and letting them cross the ball, which is, considering they've got two of the best crossers in the league at fullback, um, was an interesting strategy, but the, the central players were all, Dealing with everything Because they actually like Well Defoe's not necessarily Going to win a lot of headers yeah. um, So you're you're relying on late runners Which they didn't really have So it kind of worked In that respect um, Just that And I've said this before When people have talked about oh, How come Akis are one of the teams That don't ever seem to get results At home Against Celtic and Rangers It's because They don't have any quality They, they yeah. Their shape can be good And they can win other games Based on that shape But you come up against A better team And you don't have the quality you're, you're going to get found out But I thought Rice would be delighted with how they played.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I think I think all of that's very fair. I think they they had their chances and what's I mean it was it was uncharacteristic but like like I say Hamilton have had a real problem when they whenever they played Rangers or Celtic because of the, 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 the golfing quality. Um they they got their tactics spot on and where they were uncharacteristically, uh, unlike themselves, is Hamilton are very good at taking chances. That like they they've the best shot conversion, the best chance conversion in the league, at nineteen percent chances, um, because, and that's largely been why they've stayed up for so long. Like they've got
1: because they go with three chances. They a season get three chances a season and they take them <laughs> exactly.
2: They have a handful of strikers that will score three goals a season, but those three goals will be vitally important and be worth seven points or something like that. So the only real surprise was they did create a couple of really yeah. guilt-edged chances at at 2-1 down mm-hmm. uh, and didn't take them. Um, but I think Brian Russell would be very very happy with how they played. Um, they set up well. They, they did have to kind of feed on scraps and they did ride their luck because it did look for the first yeah, 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. It was like, they are good. Even before that, If when you saw the lineups, you're like this a, a bold uh, line up um, but no after they kind of weathered the early storm and they got their equaliser they were they were in it and it took um, like Ryan Kemp was yeah. exceptional and it took an exceptional goal from from him um, and a kind of breakaway goal at the, at the end to, uh, to, to see them off so yeah, they they do deserve a bit of credit. I think as well, and the, there's been an awful lot of talk about the uh, Michael Miller miss, but I think a good deal of credit has to go to Glenn Kamara on that as well because it's the, it, very, it's like yeah, yeah, the yeah. best of touches. Yeah, yeah. You should still score. Yeah, a better like, player Miller score. still
0: scores,
1: but yeah, he, he did just make
2: it. Just move it a tiny, like a move it a degree in the wrong direction yeah. and take
1: it off his toe. I was really impressed by uh, Luke Southwood as well, uh, making his his debut for that. Uh, he's yeah. um, on loan from Reading. Um, I thought he was really because my assumption about any Aki's reserve keeper is that it's going to be like um, your man Fulton. So in that way, that was against Rangers, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, was diabolical. Yeah, I just kind of assumed that that's what all Aki's goalkeeper like in my head in my mind's eye. That's what an Aki's reserve goalkeeper looks like. <laughs> or Aki's like second choice goalkeeper. But I thought Southwood was very good uh, throughout that as well. And again, while Hamilton was possibly. A, fault for the, or Hamilton was at fault for the, the first goal as well I thought he handled himself very very well and there's, there's sort of two or three bodies in that Aki's team that are just so young mm. they, they, you do kind of forget that what I thought as well was I, I was really impressed by Davies in a way that generally Aki's seem to have a particular player who will drag them through games and always have done and as you say the chance conversion is very good but there always seems to be, whether it's Alec Neal, uh, Alec Crawford uh, Alexander Deccall as well was terrific for them as a centre forward, just dragging them through games. Um, Greg Dockert, his energy in midfield. I do wonder whether maybe Steve Davies. He looks just that little bit sharper and, uh, and fitter at this point. Um, ever since he started hanging out with Gary, uh, really. Um, but he just looks that sort of. He looks that sort of guy that, as you say, will get them four or five goals this season, and every one of those four or five goals will be absolutely vital in order to keep them up. Uh, but yeah, I was I was really impressed by him. Um, another big performance of the weekend was St Mirren, who came from a goal down to take three points against Ross County. Um, Ross County in free fall uh, at the moment, unfortunately, uh, for them. But uh, yeah, soon after St Mirren looked really good. Yeah, it was it was kind of,
0: as um, Craig Fowler described it, as like a throwback to the 80s, yeah. I think, the game, just in terms of there not being a lot of... Um, Precise football it being quite uh, back to front and um,
1: a lot of
2: uh, yeah it's, it's blood it's, and thunder
1: yeah four for two with two wingers on either yeah. side like both sides had obviously I mean Sunderland and Ross County will have their targets throughout the season and games that you particularly look at and say we're going to win that and both of them obviously had a big circle around this in the calendar <laughs> yeah. a big red pen going we're going to win that yeah. we're going to win this game and there all
2: seem to be at least fourteen players in shock <laughs> at any, at any <laughs> one point.
0: Um, <laughs> But 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 actually a really great piece of quality for the opening goal. I really loved that finish yeah. from Brian Graham the yeah. outside of the foot. It was um, he's having a great season. Nice. Um the amount of goals that he scored and and actually a lot of them aren't counting for much because they're yeah. still losing yeah. games. But um yeah, he puts them ahead and yeah, they they had a couple of chances at that point that, you know, Earlier in the season, they were maybe taken when they were, they were kind of getting yeah, results, some but, and results. And then, um, both of St. Mirren's goals, I, I, I had no idea they were two different players, McLaughlin and Foley. I've <laughs> not seen a lot of St. Mirren, yeah. but I think they both blended into the same thing in my head. So, um, fair play to them for actually being two different people. Um, which is <laughs> as much insight as I've got on them. But yeah, I think, I think what, what shone through was even, even without Broadfoot, um, St. Mirren were just that wee bit better organised yeah. and, and that maybe was what, um,
1: I did. I did one. I, we talked about Brian Graham a, a, a few weeks ago, I think, and I, I was surprised to see him start the game because, to me, it makes more sense to have Lee Erwin start the game and then you bring on Brian Graham to get the goal yeah. when you need it. Which I mean, ultimately, the doesn't really matter. Three of his four goals this season have been in the last what, ten fifteen Yeah, months. which seems a bit odd. I mean, Lee Irwin's possibly just a wee bit more mobile and maybe a wee bit more able to rough up central defenders for the first hour and then Graham coming on at the end. But I say, obviously, both teams had, had teed this game up as let's just go win the game and then and take it from there. Um defensively both teams were interesting. Um <laughs> as Foot Fuller highlighted is both and again we're looking at it today, both centre halves both both minus centre halves and both Ross County centre halves looked like they could have done with just a good bit just an extra body just standing in front of them. Particularly when one of the Ross County centre halves is Liam Fontaine. Who looks very much like he's struggling um, mm. I think that's if you're looking at the two teams at this point Ross County is probably the ones with the bigger fear just now because St Mirren potentially give the impression that they are a little bit more solid I don't know whether Ross County have got the bodies just now to be more solid and be more defensive to get a grind a result out
0: I want to say the Ross County fans open up a banner saying less time vlogging more time playing <laughs> um, in, the, in, the, in the spirit of the the Rangers fans from uh, from twenty fourteen or whenever it was, um, yeah, because uh, yeah, Fontaine just he, he doesn't. It's 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 easy to forget he's not actually played in the top flight yeah. that much because because most of when he was at Hibs was, was in the Championship and, and yeah, it looked good there, but it's the Championship. Um, There's a reason not yeah, the eleven um, and so yeah, it's interesting. But I think I think that Ross County team they've had there, um, it, it's kind of that typical promoted promoted team thing. Um, which didn't happen to St Mirren last year because they were just beyond awful. But um, the Ross County have had that traditional promoted team thing where they look good when they come up. They're a bit of a surprise, and then teams look at them and go, "Actually, we can, we can, they're quite predictable. We can work them out." And they, then they
1: seem to have gone with like every possible pairing of central midfielders that they've got, and neither of them, like none, of, none of the various pairings they've tried, look particularly solid.
2: I think. I mean, I, I think they will probably be okay because they will not be as bad as someone else. Um. But I don't think that someone else will be Saint Mirren because I think Saint Mirren's Saint Mirren's home like for for where they are in the league Saint Mirren's home record's excellent. It was only the second goal they'd conceded this season. Um, in the league at home, they've I think they've only lost once, and that was to Rangers. It's like you know that was like, the it's last night. free kick. Yep. which you know if you're going to lose, fair enough. They do look a lot. They they weren't at, at times. It was a little bit more chaotic than they have been uh, the season, but. They, while they don't have an obvious goal threat from one one channel, they are getting goals, you know, they are spreading them around and they do look a little bit more rigid and solid and, like, players know what they're doing. Um, I, Like I say, I think Ross County will be OK. One of the reasons, I think, they, they have one of the things that the rivals round about is,
1: is strikers. That v- various goals, strikers, yeah. Assorted strikers that will get them goals. Uh, moving on from there to our final game of the weekend, uh, we'll go to the, the Battle of McDermott Park, which wasn't really a battle, it's just <laughs> so Justin won, Aberdeen won with goals from Cosgrove and Kennedy and two of the most stick-on red cards you'll ever see in your life. I, I, I don't understand. What, what were they doing? The, the, the Davidson one, I can vaguely mitigate, despite how appalling it looked, because he was just slow. Yeah. He, he got the, it was, It's that sort of classic, he got there as quickly as he could. Um, it just happened that that was about two steps behind where he needed to be, which I suppose sounds about right for Murray Davidson at this point. It was as bad a tackle as I've seen in a while. Um, the one after that, I have no idea what Henry was doing. But if you have a look online at SNS, you'll find a picture of Callum Henry like grinning in Lewis Ferguson's face. Is this like a, a, a like a? Our dads don't like each other move, like our dads fell out or something while we were both Rangers players and I'm going to sort out his son for him.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, I think, Henry, there was a fill that it should have been given just before, um, and that probably influenced him to some some extent that he was kind of fired up, but it's just, it's just stupid. Your team, your team's just equalised. You had a chance of winning the game. Murray Davidson's already blew that for you. Let's hold on with 10 men or no, let's, two minutes later <laughs> yeah. having just came on the park my myself every, everyone take a minute no almost if he thought he could get away with it because they just had someone sent off like know, send, he'll no send a second one off but oh they did and yeah Aberdeen Aberdeen, I think, I think we'd argue McKinney's Aberdeen is exactly the team yeah. you would want to play with against if you had nine men. Kelly played against them, obviously ended up with eight, um, but, but played a fair chunk of that game last season at Robbie Park with nine men. And it was only a McKenna header from a set piece that, um, that threatened yeah. their goal, to be honest. They never
1: looked like scoring at 11 v 9. Kelly had the better chances. And this this game does feel like it sums up both St. Johnston and Aberdeen really well. And St. Johnston were appalling defensively. Like really, really, really poor defensively. Throughout the game, looked as if they were desperate to give away a goal, making simple errors, and just, it all felt, it didn't feel like a fundamentally broken thing, just so many basic errors, which shouldn't happen. Um, and then at the same time, as you say, Craig, when, when St John's went down to nine, I had never had any moment where I was like, Aberdeen will score here. Not a chance. Just so... Passive offensively. Yeah, I think that's kind of been the the story of their
2: season so far. I mean, the um, there's an unwillingness to kill teams off, and lots of you know lots of the real hardcore uh, stats nerds will point to low expected goals, low chance conversions, low chances created, and I don't think that's by but as a product of how they're playing. I almost think that's by design. It's like you score, score, sit on it, hit the opposition, you know, hit teams on the break and think you can see the results that they've had this season. Like, now drop points against a horrendous St. Johnston team twice, lost to St. Merrin, uh, drop points to a horrendous Hibs team, went out for the cup to, to Hearts, but, you know, comfortably beat Kelly, comfortably beat Motherwell, and... Um, the you know beaten Ross County when they were in good form a couple of times, because against slightly better teams that are willing to come and play, they they can score and then hit them on the counter, and that's kind of what McInnes in season one was good at, and that seems to be where he where he's reverted to. The he's also kind of caught between whether he plays his tried and tested formation or goes to four four two, which is you went four four two for. 60 odd minutes of this game, it was working fine. Yeah. wasn't wasn't remarkable, but
1: got significantly worse after main yeah, came that's... off
2: somehow. Yeah, and I, I mean, there there there's question marks over whether main's the right person to play the second striker role, and now firmly in the he's not uh, camp. But four four two seems to be the the best set up for Aberdeen at the moment with the personnel they've got and Craig Bryson not able to play more than about 20 minutes at a time well so, people
1: keep trying to kick his legs off oh so uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't help, doesn't
2: help. Um, but, but there has been that there, there has been an unwillingness to kill teams off and in the first half scored you know, like Sam Cosgrove it was a very good goal but like we have touched on huge question marks over the goalkeeping yes. and and defender I mean to to be fair it is on his wrong
1: foot and it is 20 odd yards out, but still. It's, it's a good strike, but it's to, to me, it's miles out. It's not arrowed into the corner. It's a good strike, and I, I would have been happy had Motherwell, goalkeeper, conceded that to have S- Xander Clark nominated as man of the match, which I suppose probably is just at the right given that it was two absolute gangs playing football. Um, possibly fair, but yeah. Yeah,
2: and I think that's now um, no, Sam Cosgrove and. 38 goals in 71 games. I think Henrik Larsen did 50 and 89. So it's not impossible. He's going to have to have another run just like he had it this time last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. He needs 12 and 18. Not impossible. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, uh, don't quote me on that, but it's something around that. No. that it's not, not a million miles off, which is just daft. Um, yeah, just a, a lack of a lack of willingness to go and uh, and send blood a little bit. Yeah. Um. St. Johnston scored their goal immediately. Decided to resort <laughs> to violence. And there had been a bit of that bubbling up in the first half. There were a couple of like there were a couple of clashes that were you know could have could have had bookings and were let like, go. And um, I think Murray Davidson had had one that could easily have be been booking when he took down Nelm McGinn early early on, and that that could have got a bit nasty, but it was bubbling bubbling away but they found St Johnson found a bit of resilience and fight (laughs) that they've not had all season when they were down to nine men so you know they've got something to climb up to
1: as always Chris Kane turning the game Um, so yeah thanks very much for listening Uh, we are off to record the Patreon where we're going to start trying to order the 99 Scotland internationals of this decade in an order from 99 to 1 (laughs) <laughs> so the first nine, or, the first nine or ten should be quite interesting because I've definitely forgotten someone, and I'm looking forward to finding out exactly who that is. You can find out more about that and listen to our first of the the first round of those where we cleared up and got all the one pointers and the one capped players for this decade, um, which again is an alarming uh, look through history. You can subscribe to that at terracepodcast or sorry patreon.com uh, the guys will be back again on Thursday and there will be another episode of the TV show inspired by this podcast on television on Friday night. I said at 10 something last week. That was a fucking lie. Oh, 1060. 1060, yeah. <laughs> so that'll, that'll be back next week as well. So uh, thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. Thank you very much, Craig. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.